Welcome back to another edition of the Volunteer State. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside the Knoxville News Sentinels, John Adams and Adam Sparks. And guys, everything is is on the line this week for an undefeated Tennessee program. SEC East, first place is on the line and very likely a spot in Atlanta. A, A chance to really shore up your, your standing for the college football playoff is on the line. Hendon Hooker, his chances for the Heisman. You know, so much will will probably come down to this game because voters always look at big games. I mean, it, it just feels like really couldn't be much higher stakes than what there will be for this game Saturday afternoon in, in Athens. Um, as, you, as you look at this, guys, here as, as we sit here in the middle of the week, what are your thoughts as you're kind of projecting ahead and about Tennessee's chances to to take down the defending national champion Bulldogs on Saturday? Well, I mean, I keep on trying to convince myself or ask myself, why is it I want to pick Tennessee to win this game? Because on, on paper, I like to pick games with logic, and I still don't know what, what score or whatever I'm going to predict for anybody that does or doesn't care. But George is like a seven to nine point favorite. I like to pick with logic usually, and there is logic in that. Tennessee has the best offense in the country. Georgia has the best defense in the country. But Georgia also has one of the best offenses in the country. Tennessee's defense is, was good the other night, but not great, obviously, the, the, the rest of the season. So logic says Georgia's about a touchdown favorite. So why is it my gut keeps on leaning towards the Vols? And, and I think it's just this you know overwhelming feeling of how good this offense is and how could anybody stop it? Tennessee's offense almost feels like a like a force of nature at this point. You know, it's just a you know, it's a tsunami and it's coming toward land and there's not really anything you can do to stop it. You can't think of anything that would stop it. It's just going to come and do what it do do what it does. And that seems to be the feeling so far. Well, Alabama should have slowed it down. Nick Saban should have slowed it down. LSU should have slowed it down. You know, Kentucky should have done something to it. And we just keep on seeing them roll over people. I'm curious, really, just to see Saturday's game, to see what it looks like if and when Tennessee's offense is not, you know, just putting up as many points as they want to because it hasn't happened yet. And if it doesn't happen against Georgia, I I don't know who's going to do it. Because I, I, I thought Kentucky, I thought Tennessee would beat Kentucky. I just didn't see that being that easy. And it seems to be getting easier and easier. So d- Kirby Smart probably feels pretty good uh, right now. And I'm sure he's made a few calls to Tuscaloosa to, fit, to or at least looked at a lot of film to say what should have worked there didn't work there against Tennessee. And we'll see if he has a plan B because it's going to have to be something different than what Alabama and everybody else has done. I think Nick Saban would be the last coach I'd call because he didn't have a clue against Tennessee. Don't fight that feeling, Adam. Don't fight it. I, I think the way Tennessee is rolling now, it's averaging three games against tougher teams on its schedule, supposedly tougher, LSU, Alabama, and now Kentucky. And it's averaged 45 points per game in those three games. Um, I, I just – I think I think Tennessee will win. I just don't. Uh, I think Georgia will face some of the same problems that uh, Alabama did against Tennessee, and Georgia doesn't have Bryce Young, and Bryce Young kept Alabama in that game with some incredible plays. Georgia's receiving core is pretty average. Once you get away from those two tight ends, there's nothing average about those guys with uh, Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers. But 
I, I just think, again, we're going to have a case of too much Tennessee offense for uh, Georgia to stop. You know, Adam, you point out that maybe Georgia might be the most well-rounded team uh, in the nation when you consider how good their defense still is. You know, maybe it, it's not as good as last year's defense, but it might be a long, long time before we see a, a team in college football with a defense as good as Georgia's defense last year. It still, I think, is is the best defense in the country. And then you combine a top 10 offense on top of that. But then on the other side, you look at what Tennessee's doing offensively. And I'm not the first one to make this point, but I think it is an interesting point to be made. It almost feels like what Tennessee's doing this year is what LSU did in 2019 when it won the national championship with Joe Burrow as its starting quarterback, Joe Brady's offense, I mean, really just took the league and the country by storm. Now, the difference is LSU was expected coming into that season to be really good. LSU had a preseason number six ranking coming into that year. They ran the table with with one of the best teams in, in college football history, went 15-0. and 0. Tennessee, of course, was unranked just outside the top 25 this year, quickly moved into the polls, and have been climbing steadily since. But you look at that LSU team, they won the national championship with the number one ranked offense uh, in the country, led by Joe Burrow. They averaged 48 points per game, and that's how they beat teams. Their defense was okay, but it wasn't great. Their, their defense ranked like 31st nationally in scoring defense. But that's all it had to do. The defense just had to sort of keep it in the ball game and, and know that the offense would take care of the rest. I mean, you look at some of the scores that season. Uh, LSU beat Alabama 46-41. That feels pretty f- familiar to the way Tennessee beat Alabama this year. LSU hung 42 on, on a very good Florida team that year. They scored 63 against Oklahoma in the college football semifinals that year, and they scored 42 in the national championship. You look at what Tennessee's doing this season. They're averaging, up to this point, even more points than what LSU was that year, 49.4 points per game, and nobody's stopped this Vols team. What do you guys think about that comparison? Do you think that's a stretch to say, hey, you know, these 2022 Vols compare to what LSU did that year, compare to that team? Hinton Hooker compared to Joe Burrow, or do you think that's uh, kind of grasping at straws to find a uh, a way to compare this this Tennessee team to you know some team that that rose up and and um, you know took the the nation by storm in the past? Yeah, I mean there are obvious parallels. Offensive guru that was that was Brady. Now it's Hopple and Golish to some extent. Transfer quarterback Burrow Hooker just outscoring everybody. Again, that force of nature feel that this just isn't going to be stopped. You should just accept it. Um, Those are obvious parallels. Uh, LSU was a lot more talented. They had like, I think, 14 NFL draft picks that year, had some more the next year. Um, I think some parallels in the uh, wide receivers. That was Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. This is now that he's back coming. Now that he's back, Cedric Tillman and also Jalen Hyatt. So there are a lot of parallels. I think we can be a little bit of a prisoner of the moment of comparing just something that looks similar to to what we saw just you know three years ago. Uh, there's probably better parallels, I guess, if we look farther back. But this comparison is pretty popular one right now. Um, I think the biggest difference, aside from maybe the NFL talent, I think the biggest difference is that. 
Tennessee had a long ways to go to convince people that they were this good. You mentioned that LSU was like top 10 going into that year. Really, LSU went into that season with people saying, well, they're, they're really good, but they just can't get past, you know, Alabama or whatever. They can't win the West, so therefore they can't they can't win a national championship. They can't win the SEC. That, that was really convincing people of like one thing or maybe two things. Tennessee has had to convince people of like 10 or 20 things. I mean, we we think back that Tennessee was an underdog uh, going to Pitt. Uh, they were they were an underdog on the road, a slot underdog, if I remember right, going to LSU. And so, you know, I, I think when LSU started to get uh, that, that Joe Burrow season, when they started to get a little momentum, people said, well, they're not just good. They may be great. Tennessee has gone from they may not just be competitive, but they may be pretty good and then good and then really good. And they may be the best in the country. And so I, I think each week opposing fan bases, opposing teams, opposing coaches, and John, you wrote about this in the column this week, opposing coaches ha- have been honestly shocked at what they're seeing because they just didn't see this you know, far off. And so I, I think, again, I think that even comes into this week psychologically, who has Georgia played? Um, you know, I mean, they, they were sleepwalking through the Missouri game. They were sleepwalking through part of the second half uh, of the of the Florida game last week. And so they just haven't seen anything like this. It, it, you almost think that Kirby Smart is going to have it to shock Georgia's system and convince them in one week, guys, this is nothing like what you've seen before. And Tennessee has already seen really, really good teams. And I, I think that's a big part of that. How convinced are you that this is a great team? The LSU team back in the day, in Burroughs Day, you kind of started to know it by this point in November. Um, I think there's now people in the country that are just waking up to Tennessee, and I don't know if Georgia completely is or not. Yeah, I think you go back, and, and Georgia's marquee win was the opener against Oregon, and that is a, a victory that looms large when the, when the selection committee or the playoff committee starts evaluating teams because our, our Oregon has been rolling ever since, hasn't scored under 40, and it was absolutely dismantled by Georgia. But how much of that was Georgia being great and, and Oregon really not ready <laughs> because the way Oregon has played since and the way Georgia has played time at times, as Adam pointed out, makes you wonder about them. It's It seems as though, to me, Georgia is going to face some of the same problems that Alabama did. And, and Adam, you pointed this out. I think the shock factor comes into play here. You can be ready for something. You think you're ready for it. You see what's coming, but until you actually get out on the field, you don't realize that just how, just how formidable this offense is. And it was the same way with the LSU team back in 2019. You thought you were prepared, but no, not really. And it just seems like we talk about talent, the talent level on those two teams Yes, LSU had more talent, and it had a great play caller in Joe Brady who had a really nice system. He was the offensive coordinator. But now Tennessee's system, it seems to be more systematic, but still more talent than we thought, and talent in these key positions, quarterback, wide receiver, to make this thing go. So if, if I just wonder if Georgia goes into this game with its defensive reputation thinking, yeah, 
they did this against this team and even Alabama, but that's not doing it against us. We're the best defense in the country. We were, still are. We were the best defense in the country last year. You don't do that to us. And that, I think it gives Tennessee a psychological advantage. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I think if you're a Georgia fan looking at this matchup, you're thinking exactly what you just said, John. Like, you're probably impressed by how well Tennessee has played. You're probably impressed, even if you won't say it out loud, by them dropping 52 points against Alabama. But you're thinking, okay, well, they haven't faced the Georgia defense yet. It's going to be a different story going up against one of the top defensive minds in college football and, and Kirby Smart and going up against this collection of talent. I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you might be thinking, well, yeah, but Georgia doesn't have Bryce Young. You know, I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you think this team can score against anybody, and maybe the Vols don't reach 52 points against Georgia. Maybe they have to settle for 40 points. Well, but Georgia doesn't have Bryce Young. So so if Georgia needs to score, you know, 45 points, 42 points to beat Tennessee, can they do it? I think you feel a little bit better about that if you're Tennessee because, um, you know, Stetson Bennett, I think he's proven the doubters wrong, but he's not Bryce Young. Um, very, very few players are. Tennessee's got a, a quarterback who, who has surpassed uh, or at least reached and in many ways surpassed what, what Bryce Young uh, has done. But there's just not many guys like that out there. And I think, um, you know, I think you got to be feeling good about that if you're Tennessee. If, yes, if, if Tennessee can solve this defense, I don't know if if Georgia's offense can keep up the way Alabama's did behind Bryce Young. Let's assume that this is a close game. This is a six, seven point game. Either way, who do you assume would be better, have a better case to get into the playoff as a loser of this game? Whether Georgia wins by, you know, a score or less or Tennessee loses by a score or less. Because, you know, John, you had mentioned Oregon. They blew out Oregon. Oregon is in the conversation for the playoff. Georgia could always look back at that and say, hey, we blew out a team that is in the conversation. Tennessee can look back and say, we beat Alabama. If Alabama gets into the mix, that's that's as good of a win over a one-loss team as you're going to have. So just assuming some of these undefeated teams lose, like TCU loses a game, and you're starting to look at a one-loss team to get in, which would have the better chance to get in if they were to lose this game? That's a really hard question because you never know what those guys are going to come up with. If you look at it, Tennessee, if it loses, it's playing on Georgia's home field. Yep. And so then it goes back to the championship game. If Tennessee loses and you have Georgia and Alabama playing for the championship game, Alabama wins, it's in. And then you put Georgia and Tennessee head-to-head, and Georgia won, so it's in. So, and I think in that scenario, I think Alabama's a a factor in this. If Alabama doesn't win the West, if Ole Miss could win the West, that's possible, I guess. Or LSU. Or LSU, yeah. If the winner of this game wins the SEC title, I think the loser of this game has a has a better than 50-50 chance yes. of getting in. Right. I agree. It, it, uh, some other things have to happen, but well, see, I have a problem with Clemson. I guess that's my team I have a problem with. If it goes undefeated against a 
in a really weak conference, I think the Big 12 is significantly better than that conference. I wouldn't have a problem with TCU. If it goes unbeaten in that conference, I think it warrants being in there. But I, that's how I would have a problem if with a one-loss SEC team losing out to an unbeaten Clemson team. But uh, but there's not enough John Adams on that committee to keep a Clemson team, <laughs> no, undefeated Clemson team out of the playoff. There's, do you think image has a factor in this that plays a factor in the minds of these people? trying to be a mind reader here, but because Clemson has been playing, it's been up on this tier, the top tier of college football. It's won a couple of national titles. We're accustomed to seeing it in the college football playoff. Tennessee's just some <laughs> wild card, just all of a sudden up there. And, and I wonder if that factors into it that people know from know about Clemson, its recent past, that it's gone to head to head with the best teams, the best programs in college football, won some, lost some, whereas Tennessee's just kind of come out of nowhere. I wonder if, if that's a factor. I think for the the college football playoff committee, image matters, name on the front of the jersey matters. I don't think it matters as much to them as it does, say, AP voters or even the coaches poll. Um, I think those those polls are very enamored with, you know, what have you done historically, if, if your name says Alabama or Clemson um, or Ohio State, you know, those voters are, are very, very taken by you. I think I think the college football playoff committee is to a certain extent, but I think they do a better job of week after week looking at your resume. Who have you played? Who have you beat? That type of thing. I think they can shut that out a little bit better. Now, an undefeated Clemson team, they're, they're not going to be kept out of the playoff that they're going to be in the playoff. But I think to Adam's question, of which one loss team, Georgia or Tennessee, you know, if if the committee was going to, going to have a scenario where it could take a one loss SEC team, meaning there's not four undefeateds, who would have a better chance? I think name on the jersey maybe says Georgia because they're the defending national champs. You know, they've kind of they've they've risen up here. However, I think the committee does look at resume better than the poll voters do. And Tennessee having that win over Alabama, I think, will mean more than what Georgia's resume would be if they lose this game on Saturday. Because what if Oregon doesn't run the table? What what if Oregon loses again? Then that that loses some meaning. And Georgia doesn't have much on its resume beyond that. It has the win over Oregon and not that much else. I think overall, Tennessee has the better strength of schedule. Uh, they have the win over Alabama. They have the road win at LSU. So I think Tennessee, not that they want to do this, but I think if Tennessee loses close on Saturday and Georgia has to then win the SEC, they have to beat would have to beat Alabama and Atlanta, I think Tennessee would, would get in the playoff uh, as a one-loss team, assuming either TCU or Clemson loses. Yeah, I think so much of, of how the everybody else is viewed will dictate that the loser of this game, whether or not they get in. Uh, of course, if a lot of things happen, if under, some of the undefeateds lose. But the winner of this game, I think we can we can say with pretty good certainty that the winner of this game will be the one seed. Uh, I mean, at least in the in the uh, in the rankings next week, would be the one seed if they went out and win the SEC. They would remain the one seed. The team that loses this game 
will probably have uh, would have only one loss against the one seed at the end of the year. And that's why I think it matters a lot. I think Tennessee would have a better shot at getting in as the loser of this game than Georgia would as the loser of this game because of resume, because of what Blake just said, what could diminish the Oregon win a little bit. Tennessee will have the better overall resume. Um, and, and also because it's a road game. So if, if, if Tennessee lost by one score at Georgia at the end of the season, when you're stacking these teams up and it's probably, you know, six teams to fill four slots, you're saying, well, Tennessee has one loss, but that one loss was on the road to the, to the number one seed. So how can they, how can they not get in? I, I, again, if there's not many undefeated, I, I'm the Clemson one. I don't, I'll be curious to see how these rankings go week to week in the CFP because um, I, I, Clemson's resume is not great. And I, I'm curious to see if they do look the name on the jersey or not. I'm, I'm impressed by TCU. I do think TCU is maybe sort of a poor man's Tennessee. Um, they can put up points. They surprise you a lot. They're running the table so far. Um, I think Tennessee is looked at as just a better version uh, of TCU, and I think that could – that could factor into it if you have some undefeateds with a one loss at the end of the year. But the winner of this game will have a clear path to the one seed into the SEC title, at least a chance at it. And uh, the loser of this game, I think, will will be in the conversation unless they lose again. I think there's a, a deep-seated Southern fear about Ohio State and Michigan that, that people will favor – the Ohio State Michigan game over anything Tennessee does. And that game is at the end of the year. And if both of those teams are unbeaten, whoever wins is in, of course, assuming they win the the Big Ten championship game, which won't take much. And the loser, I think, has a really good chance to get in too. And that's speaking for as a lifelong Southerner um, who's felt that Yankee prejudice i guess uh, uh, i was uh, john i was i was i was gonna bring out yankee if you were <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah, come on john they run espn everybody knows they're in the big ten's pocket <laughs> well yeah charles woodson over peyton manning that's all i need to say but i do think years, you know, I, I, I mean that's that was all i was hearing Saturday while i was watching the ohio the uh, ohio state penn state game is my wife's talking to my mother-in-law on the phone and and all i'm hearing is a mother-in-law saying how well they're going to give it to ohio state if they well, that's why penn state needs to win because they're going to give it to ohio state you know that well I, I'll, so. I'll say this for anybody listening who just perked up and said of course espn hates <laughs> uh tennessee paul feinbaum is a ut grad ryan mcgee is a ut grad chris lowe is a ut grad andrea carter is a ut grad turn on the sec network today at any given time and there's a ut grad <laughs> on your tv so you're right. And, and, and by the way, there's a lot of UT grads behind the camera that you've never met that some of us know. But uh, ESPN slash SEC Network is uh, is filled with graduates of two different schools, Syracuse and, and, and Tennessee. And Tennessee's uh, probably ahead of the pack at this point. And I say this as someone as a Yankee who's been living in the South since 2017, uh, as a, an Illinois native who grew up in big country, Big Ten country. Everybody up there is convinced ESPN is obsessed with the SEC. There's <laughs> SEC homerism going on throughout the country. 
Um, they're, they're in cahoots with each other. They, they make, they take care of each other every year. So the same, the feeling goes on up there. It, it, it just is what it is. It's they just handed that Heisman to Bryce Young last year. He didn't <laughs> earn it. They just, they just, so, so the big 12 is big 12s on the uh, outside looking in. Yeah. We, we don't have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I, big I, 10 I, and sec will claim all four spots. <laughs> I feel sorry for the pac 12. Cause I go to bed at 10 o'clock and I don't even know that they play games up there. I've never seen one before. Pra pra practically Bigfoot. It, well, I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. You're the anomaly in the sports writer crew, Adam, going to bed at, at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was watching that Stanford UCLA game deep into the fourth quarter. <laughs> Guys, with this matchup, I, I thought it was interesting. Most sports books, Tennessee opened as either an eight and a half or a nine point underdog. And you look at G Georgia. I mean, they're they're banged up right now. They're one of their best wide receivers, A.D. Mitchell. He's been out injured um, past past several weeks. Jalen Carter, their best defensive lineman, he did come back just last week and, and played against Florida. But then you have Nolan Smith, their veteran linebacker, best pass rusher. He's banged up right now. Amarius Mims, offensive starting offensive lineman, he's banged up right now. Now we don't know whether these guys will play Saturday or not. Of course, you know, in a matchup like this, everything's kept close to the vest. But point being, I think Tennessee is a healthier team at the moment than what Georgia is. Tennessee's coming off of a game in which they just beat the doors off off Kentucky. I mean, my goodness, 44 to 6. I, I think all of us thought Tennessee would win win that game and win comfortably, but 44 6. Who among us had that? So it, it just seems like you know, Tennessee's rolling, and yes, Georgia is too, but they're not a hundred percent healthy team. I was surprised to see Georgia open as a nine point favorite. Uh, even even knowing this game's in Athens, were you guys surprised to to see that? I, I thought the line would be more like I don't know five and a half, something something like that. Yeah, I mean, I I would have thought on a well, I, I think on a neutral field, maybe uh, Georgia would be about a you know a field goal favorite. So you know, you add three points. That's it's a this is a little over what I thought it'd be. I thought it would be about a touchdown, and and that line's going to move uh, throughout the week. I mean, when it was. 10 or 12 in some books you know you could you could hear people throwing money at tennessee um but uh, yeah I, i'll tell you along the, the the topic you brought up i'm not surprised that uh tennessee is healthier than georgia i'm surprised that josh hopple acknowledged that at in the post-game press conference of the night after, after kentucky um he was asking about Cedric Tillman. You know, is he okay? Is he is he getting there? And he's oh yeah, he's one hundred percent healthy. He's been practicing for two weeks, full speed. He's he's good to go. And then he was asking about why well, your corners have had some injuries. Kamal Haddon and Christian Charles, both starting corners, um, were in uniform but did not play. And Josh Hoppel quickly jumped on that and said, "Well, we're going to be the healthiest we've been against Georgia." He he sort of was given opportunities to sandbag a little bit. And say, well, we'll see. We'll kind of get around to it. Well, you know, maybe we'll be okay. I don't know. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He, I mean, he just said, we're going to be healthier. We're in great shape. We're confident. I, I think it does speak to the swagger that's on this team that he had a chance to to sort of set up somewhat of an excuse. And instead, he went the opposite direction. I, I, again, I'll say it. There's just sort of this frenzy around this program that you, you I'm so, so curious to see if George is going to stop that. Yeah, that that was so un-Tennessee-like from a coach. 
and so un-SEC like really I mean this is this is new new school stuff Josh Eiple's throwing out there he's like yeah here we come man we're we're raring to go we we can't wait to get down there to Athens Georgia <laughs> we'll be we'll be healthy they'll be crippled oh man feel sorry for those guys he, he doesn't go that far but but I think that's a really good observation on your part Adam to to pick up on that I mean do you think Cedric Tillman's 100 percent no no I don't uh well I mean he he's close enough I mean he didn't run I, I didn't see him run many deep routes or anything the other night Maybe there's a little bit of hiding him. They threw him the ball really quick on some little hitches, some short routes early on, obviously just to get his hands on the ball, get him involved. You saw he reacted with a lot of emotion. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm comfortable. Um, so I, I think they were hiding him a little bit. Um, but I, I saw him in warm-ups run around. He looked fine. You know, they still got Ramel Keaton that they could plug in there easily and just sort of go if they felt like Tillman wasn't 100%. But – I, I I sensed that was playing possum a little bit on Tennessee's part that we didn't see them throw a you know a fifty yarder to Tillman. I I think that's more of what it was than, than health, but but we'll see because that's it's a really physical secondary. So if he's not close to a hundred percent, they'll sense that pretty quickly. Guys, we we normally don't throw out score predictions uh, on this podcast. I won't necessarily hold you to your picks, but. Uh, I'm curious. It's such a such a big game. Let's let's do it. Who who are you picking to win this game? Uh, you know, if you don't have the exact score, that's that's fine. Who who are you picking to win? With the understanding that that we record this podcast uh, early, early in the week, and you never know things that that might change at the end of the week. But as, as we stand here now, who you got? Yeah, I mean, I could tweak it later in the week, obviously, but I I feel like this is a game that's going to be in the 30s, and uh, I think Tennessee's going to win close. Uh, you know, 35, 31, 34, 31. I, I, I think Tennessee's going to pull out uh, a close win and they're going to have a, going to have a path to Atlanta if they can seize it. Yeah. I just don't think Georgia can score with Tennessee. I, I still wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee got in the, in the, um, in the forties on this defense. Um, so I, I would go with Tennessee. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it won by 10 points. All right. Well, every podcast needs a heel. So Right. I'll, I'll embrace that role. Play some heel music. Who's the heel in wrestling? You, were you a wrestling guy, Adam, back in your your youth? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Neither not. was I. <laughs> All right. Well, I can get no no help there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to take Georgia in a close one. I do think this will be a, a high scoring game. If it was at Neyland Stadium, I'd pick Tennessee, um, and I really would. I'm not just saying that. Uh, but I think being on the road, that flips it for me. And, you know, The home field advantage is worth maybe three to six points. Tennessee beat Alabama in a close one at home. I think the home field advantage uh, helped, helped influence that result. I think Tennessee's still going to be in good standing for the playoff because I think they're going to lose a close game, and I think either TCU or Clemson will lose at some point this season. But yes, I'm turning heel. I'll pick uh, Georgia to win a high-scoring close game. So Tennessee f- fans should feel good about that because I picked the same thing uh, when Alabama came to town. I said if Bryce Young plays, Tennessee will lose in a close one. We'll see. All right, guys. Uh, KnoxNews.com will have all the coverage throughout the week. You can find uh, Adams Adams beat coverage and his game coverage on Saturday. 
John will have the commentary throughout the week and, and I'll be chiming in as well. And we will be back here to discuss next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State.